Signal. I'm Linda Philippi, coming to you live from McMinnville, Oregon, in the heart of the beautiful Oregon wine country. And I'm really excited about today's show because I have three very special people on with me. And the first one is Linda Toth Wintercorn, and she is a trip goddess and certified travel counselor. She's up there in the wilds of Canada. We also have Anne-Marie Packard, who is in my, where I left my heart, no joke, a long time ago, San Francisco. Makes me cry to think about it. But anyway, um, Anne-Marie is also a travel advisor, and she has a business called Dolce Vita Retreats, specializing in fabulous retreat options all over the world, Italy, Morocco, all those exotic destinations that we want to be. And then there is our our a ringleader, <laughs> Chris Wilson of Typically Swiss Tours. And Chris is the one who brought us all together. So I'm going to let him uh, have the floor. Chris? Linda, thank you very much indeed. Yeah, I I did to some extent um, bring you all together. There's a couple more ladies as well in what's called the Fab Five. But in terms of why I did this, it was really just because COVID meant that I had lots of time on my hands to, let's just say, try and network, which was a key part of what I was trying to do in terms of like a bit of a marketing strategy, which was all about like connecting with travel advisors, which I became aware of as like a key marketing or key connection channel in the the US, which is where about 90 to 95% of my customers come from. So clearly I had the time um, and I had the you know the means to do this, which is primarily through social media and Facebook in particular, which is kind of like my target market, not Instagram, more mature types on on Facebook. And so again, as you as you know, I'm new to new to so- social media. I'm not an expert, far from it. And I, again, I just connected with a lot of people randomly, and and just really tried to make connections with people who I thought and had a bit of a feel for in terms of maybe a bit of interplay and i had the look to connect with yourself and uh and Anne marie and linda and a couple more ladies and uh we've formed this little group and it seems to be very tight and we get we all get on well and we've got similar ideals etc but primarily it, it was originally all about travel and trying to just network and grow my business which again was doing well until covid like many of our businesses and I'd like to think that, that that business connection has turned into friendship, but the business element is still there. And, you know, I'm, I'm here, I'm ready. I can, you know, deliver these, what I would consider quite interesting and, and informative and, and, and very good tours in Switzerland through connections. And, and that is really the basis of why this little group came together, just purely and simply to try and, to grow the business and social media was an obvious, obvious candidate and a way to to do that. So I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, the connections have stayed for the past three or four months now and hopefully might reap rewards for myself, obviously, but maybe yourself and your clients. So that's the background to it, Linda. Perfect. And Anne-Marie, you want to tell us a little bit about you and what you do in real life? <laughs> Well, uh, real life now is quite a bit different, isn't it? Um, 
since I'm not doing any traveling right now and probably won't be getting started back on that again until 2022. I do have a couple of trips planned for September to Italy and also one in December for the European Christmas markets. But given the climate, I'm not sure if they're going to be happening. So we'll see. But if so, if we're not able to go through with these, then I'll just move on to 2022. But uh, let's see. My trips are basically, I like to have people 40 and up on my trips. So like Chris, I'm, I don't go on Instagram as much, but I'm going to start advertising there a little bit more. But um, I had a couple of 80-somethings on my last trip, and they were wonderful and amazing and lots of fun to travel with. So it's just fun. I like having that diversity. Um, and I do anything from ladies' trips, like the Ultimate Girls Weekend trip in Italy, a week away in Italy or something, or... Do you do you lead all of your groups? Yes, I do lead okay. all of the groups. However, I can plan private tours as well. Okay. I have a client coming up for hopefully September of this year who wants to go for a couple of weeks and she would like me to come with her. She doesn't want to travel solo, so that would be fun. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, Linda, it's your turn. Let's talk about you. Oh, hey, so I'm the trip goddess and uh, I operate out of um, very near Toronto, Canada and uh, travel's been in my blood since I was a little girl. My uh, godfather owned a very successful travel agency in Toronto and I think I might have been six or seven and uh, I would put all the brochures on the racks for oh, him because they were so very important, right? And I just, I fell in love with all of these exotic destinations, looking at the iconic images of London and Paris and Rome and the pyramids. And I just knew that I had to travel and my family crazy with, you know, where I was going to roam to next. I senior year of high school, I started booking trips to Florida for March break, fun times. Uh, and then it just evolved from there. Currently, my niche is one of luxury groups and uh, European river cruises. The changes that I've seen, though, is the groups are becoming smaller, more intimate, and a greater focus now on pre and post elongating the holiday, the vacation. So many of my clients have missed multiple trips. And by the time they get on their river cruise, they'll have missed quite a bit and they know that. So ahead of time, we're planning a lot of pre and posts at, at different disembarkation locations across Europe. It's very exciting. And I'm very optimistic about the future based on that. I love that. That's wonderful. So in terms of this, this whole year and all of that, I guess I'm a little bit interested in from all of you, some of the, what we've all learned about ourselves and our business. And, you know, the, the, the time that we've had to sit and think when we're not scrolling on social media and all that fun stuff, but just kind of evaluating your business model and, and deciding whether or not that works for you going forward or if there are any changes that you want to make. So just, you know, kind of dive in anywhere. Well, again, I think, Linda, this, this social media was a new element for me. And I think, you know, this is, it took up quite a lot of my time in terms of trying to just grow the brand on, on social media. And again, primarily Facebook by doing elements such as I, I learned about iMovies and I, I learned how to like do some, like very basic movies, which I think there's so much stuff on Facebook. Again, as I say, I'm not an expert, but I just get the impression it's just so full of stuff. A friend of mine says, you've got to like take a picture of the inside of a whale's mouth 
or people to recognize or to spot something different, which I kind of agree with. So I think you can't just, you know, send up pictures, etc. I think you need to be really kind of artistic, creative and, and come at a different angle. And one, one element I did was um, some, some movies just with iMovies and taking shots with the iPhone and, you know, transferring that to iMovies and trying to make them a little bit groovy with movie, music, etc. But it's very subjective. Another one I did was just to try and reach out to attractions and places and tourist board, which is what I'm doing now. Again, to fill time and again, this word content, getting content and good quality content onto platforms such as Facebook. And again, the classic, which I've been doing recently, is, con is contacting, say, a big ski area or a cable car area and then saying to them, look, I'll put you on my platform and in return, can I use your movies and your pictures and you provide me with some... Um, some some competition prizes we can run a competition and i think it just it engenders some kind of interest and people look at that and obviously sharing it on different facebook groups is my own little unsophisticated way of trying to just grow that brand and grow awareness of what i'm doing and i'm not saying it's working but i think to some extent in this downtown downtime turn um, quiet period i think you've just got to keep the brands alive and the, and the companies alive and keep them not up at the forefront but keep them ticking along so people don't forget about you so i've been trying to like you know do elements and another one would be like mailchimp another one which is the, the newsletter which i do every month it's just a question of trying to make it a little bit more sophisticated groovy eye-catching artistic creative so that people recognize you and obviously are drawn in by something and then obviously they get to know what i do which is again just deliver tours and provide people with really good experiences but that's the philosophy over this COVID time, which is a nightmare. I would have preferred, and you know this probably, to get work and do work and earn money, but it's impossible for me in Switzerland right now. So I've got the time and energy to just create content, I would say, which is what I've been doing. Okay. Okay. And ladies? That's great, Chris. Um, Definitely need to keep ourselves alive out there and in front of people. So one of my plans to add on to that is to start doing more Facebook Lives, which I hate. I hate being on video, but uh, I'm going to start getting used to that and putting myself out there so people get to know me and see me. Uh, I think that's important to do, um, even if we're not traveling right now and things are uncertain for the future at the moment. Um, it's really good to stay out there, be positive and be connected. Mm-hmm. Okay. Linda? Uh, I'd have to echo a lot of what Chris said about embracing social media and, and technology. Um, Zooming was something that we did very rarely prior to the pandemic, and it very quickly became a huge focus. Uh, webinars, podcasts, we're always in the background, but everything was just elevated and ramped up to stay connected and relevant in the business and translate your what you've learned or what's what's happening out there into social media is keeping you relevant. And I felt that it kept me relevant with my, my client base. I didn't go in happily. Uh, I was never a, a social media huge fan, but it's entirely necessary to stay connected and even more so now. So I intend on staying connected the way I have been. And uh, it's really important now because we've lost so many people in our industry. We really have through attrition, through early retirements. And our clients need to know that we're still here. We're actively learning 
and we're here for them so that when they are ready, we have a, a vast amount of resources to draw on their special trips. You know, I, I have to tell you that I embraced social media from the start. My father was probably, seriously, one of the most outgoing social people that you would ever meet in your life. And if he were my age, I'm sure, aside from his privacy concerns, which he mentioned several times, but I can't imagine that he wouldn't have been all over social media. And so uh, to me, I, I absolutely love it. And I have to say, I kind of use Facebook like Dear Diary, because, you know, I get the memories every day of here's what you were doing a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, 11 years ago. And I think it's great. You know, I mean, I, maybe my life is an open book too much. So to some degree, people are like, really? She's posting again. But you know what? I don't care. I love it. Scroll past. I think it's great. And I love that medium for staying connected. I personally, okay, just for me personally, that whole, you know, marketing funnel thing where you're, you know, you got to try to find the hook and then you got to try to find the list and then you got to suck them in and then you got to do that. I've signed up for I don't even know how many of those classes and I can never get past that. I'm like, oh God, really? I had to do that. And then I shove it off to the side and I go back to, you know, doing whatever it is I'm going to do. And I think, all right, you, some, to some extent, you have to just work with who you are, right? You have to just work with who you are. So, and I was going to say also, Chris, that what you're doing with your different, uh, you know, vendors and or suppliers, purveyors over there is something that most travel advisors have been doing a long time, you know, give it like River Cruise, for example, they provide all kinds of different, you know, materials and videos and images and things for us to be able to use in our marketing efforts to our clients. And I think that it's really smart that you're, you know, you're leveraging some of that for you because they spend money to take all these pictures and, you know, provide all this content. So there's no reason, you know, it's, it's smart to use it. It's smart to, to push it out there to people. And I really, I mean, I applaud you for that for jumping on that bandwagon when maybe it wasn't your first choice or easy, but you've, you've chosen it and you've, I think you've done a wonderful job with it. To tell you the truth, I think you're actually pretty incredible. So there's that. Okay. Well, Linda, I think we, we could have a, a whole podcast to social media. I share Anne-Marie's view of um, Facebook live. I've never done one. I'm, I'm, I'm conscious of, of overloading people. I'm very keen to get a balance. And again, you, you all know people on, on Facebook and colleagues probably or ex-colleagues that just kind of like flood it with personal messages and loads of pictures. And it's like a bit like showing off a classic Facebook critique in terms of look at me, I'm on a desert island or I'm on a, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm in the Seychelles or Bermuda, et cetera, and I'm stuck at home in rainy Switzerland, et cetera. So I kind of like turn off to that and I, I try and keep it relevant. And again, I think if you can prove success in terms of reaching out to numbers of people and obviously just copy paste those kind of like posts which show thousands of people have, have engaged with it or whatever it is that Facebook says they do with it, then clearly I think it gives the, the client or the supplier or the new attraction some kind of traction and belief or some knowledge that you're actually doing a reasonable job and if you can back that up in my case and i'm sure in your case as well i've read your reviews and marie for example on your on your on your page etc with some honest and credible and real life reviews of what you do as a 
travel advisor, etc., or a guide or a tour operator, and people can read these, you know, really credible and superb reviews, then clearly it gives them confidence. So it is, as you say, Linda, a, a channel and a funnel to get people down into the nitty gritty. But first of all, you do need some kind of hook or attraction magnet to to bring them in. And that's a tricky bit, I think. And that is why, to some extent, I was lucky in meeting you four or five who obviously know more than four or five. And therefore, it's all about spreading the word. And I think that Facebook is the modern day word of mouth, which does work. But there is quite a lot of negativity to it as, as well. And obviously, you need to focus on the positivity. Well, <laughs> that's I think that's when you have to go through and edit your feed. And I have been doing that pretty assiduously these last this last week in particular it's like you know what i i gotta take the politics stuff off because for every public you know forbes or the economist or i don't know cbs then you have to listen you know read all the comments or whatever and it makes me crazy so i just i just mute all that and go back to what i love which is you know travel and people's grandkids and all the good stuff so um i, I i'm assuming that you ladies feel like that as well Yes, definitely. I did post something on politics the other day. Um, it's really kind of cool. Uh, I don't know if you saw it about the um, the Doge's Palace in Venice. Oh, yeah. Did you see that post? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I posted that. I was a little hesitant to put it up there, but, you know. That's an incredible place. I mean, yeah. such an incredible place. So is that part of what where you take people on your tours? Yes, um, in February, I usually do the Carnival tour. I didn't do it the last two years because it just got so overcrowded and it wasn't as fun the last time that I went um, in 2017. But, oh my gosh, it's amazing. We stay in an apartment right over the canal where they have the pre-party and they have a, just the display is amazing. It's an evening parade on the water. And then, so we stay there the first few nights and then we move on to the middle of town and put on costumes. We go do photo shoots and stand out by the, the uh, gondolas. It's just amazing. It's beautiful. I Plus, love that. Uh, have you guys been to Cafe Florian? Yes. The, oh my gosh, I love that place. So we go, we dress up in costume and go there and sit down and have hot chocolate and Prosecco. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> on my travel bucket list, Anne-Marie. <laughs> oh my gosh, we should do a Fab Five and Captain Chris trip to Venice. I'm thinking we should. Next time you do a carnival, we should all go with you. That'd be really yes. fun. <laughs> the ball. It'll be really fun. <laughs> oh my heavens. Oh my heavens. Well, so here, here's a question for you ladies in particular, and that is, are your clients reaching out to you now in this moment about travel and your booking and then subsequently rebooking and rebooking or are you just they're reaching out and you're saying let's let's talk and then let's plan for when travel resumes i mean how are you in terms of balancing reality versus fantasy in in the travel industry linda you can start maybe there's a lot of as you know rebooking happening on a continual basis, whoever was going to go now is booking for the same time next year. And that's what happened. All those hours, days, weeks, months that we worked tirelessly for free, advocating for our clients, they all know this by now. So now there is some new booking. 
Um, okay. And it is happening. Yeah, it is happening. And it's very interesting when we talk about social media, and I've shared this with my industry friends, and um, it's funny how I'll get a lot of private messenger messages after a certain post. They're almost afraid to post it online because they don't want people to know that they're dreaming, planning, and booking travel for the future. But they're the smart ones because they're taking advantage of all the flexibility that's incredible. We've never seen it like this. And the great deals, like the, the value that's that's been created. Some of our river cruises have free you know, land extensions now, like this is amazing. So they're watching and they're paying attention, but they're doing it behind the scenes because perhaps they don't want to face any public scrutiny. I'm not really sure, but this never happened before. So this is new to me and they just want to keep it private. They don't want to advertise that they're traveling. Uh, right now, where I live here in Canada, they're telling us not to travel. We're in a lockdown, yet some of our politicians are flying off to St. Bart's and Hawaii and they're having to resign. So there's, you know, travel is the bad guy right now. And we just have to push through this. And uh, can I say the V word? We need to get the vaccinations out there to our clients that want them. And once that happens, and so what I see, people knowing when they're going to get vaccinated, based on our current schedule, they're booking trips for after that. So they're feeling very confident about this summer. And I know I sound ultra optimistic, but when I see the numbers and I see people booking and, and how they're feeling about it, I can't help but be optimistic with them. I, I wouldn't book them if I didn't feel confident about it. So that's where it's at here. You know, I think I that probably Anne-Marie and I could both say to a large degree, we totally envy you living in Canada. Yeah. A civilized, reasonable country with a an intelligent response to this virus. And that's probably what is the most frustrating as an American travel professional in this moment is so far the response has been abysmal, a freaking failure, and we and leaving it up to state by state by state if and when and how and who what the vaccine rollout is. I live in Oregon, for example, and we're 36th in the nation in terms of having our act together and getting people vaccinated. And, and it's the who, are we gonna vaccinate every single person in a nursing home who, before we start vaccinating, you know, the general public. Now they're talking about vaccinating teachers and, you know, frontline workers like that, which I think is very smart so we can get our economy rolling again. But Anne-Marie, what are, what are your thoughts on this? I have to say, uh, very well said, Linda, um, about everything that you were talking about. And I love your optimism for travel. And I wish I could be as optimistic for this year coming up. But um, I have had some people reaching out. And so far, we are all set. I'm booked for Sicily in September, the 1st through the 10th. I'm hoping it, it's happening. And this is a postponed trip from last year. So I am very excited about that one, but um, we shall see. We're just doing a wait and see game right now. Mm -hmm. um, I am not yet booked for my Christmas market tour because I've been kind of putting it on the back burner a little bit, just waiting and seeing what's happening. But I think I'm going to take Linda's approach there and I'm going to be optimistic and I'm going to go for it and start advertising and book it and 
um, just put the offer out that it can be postponed for next year. If you well, you know, to be honest, I mean, I do have some groups. I've got a, a, tra- a domestic train trip in September, which is, you know, six different uh, railroads in Colorado, Utah, Wyoming, which is kind of fun, a domestic thing. But I also have a river cruise uh, in July when I'm hoping to meet Captain Chris in person for the first time. It's from uh, Basel to Amsterdam, and it's going to be fabulous. So hope I'm hoping that that one goes. And then a group in Morocco in November, Morocco, Portugal. But you know, there one of my colleagues here who, who lives in the Portland area, she's got a group with the same company going to Morocco in February, and they're calling it a go. They've got, I don't know, 10 to 15 people that are that are ready to jump on a plane and go to Morocco in, in February. So I'm, I'm really hoping that that happens. And I know some people say, well, I won't travel in, 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 you know, in, until I have the vaccine. And some people are saying, well, you know what, let's just go. And, and I really feel like there are a couple of, you know, there's definitely some niches in terms of travelers. There's the people, you know, with the, with the money and the time and the desire that just say, put me on a plane, I want to go. And the only thing holding them back is the fact that they can't. There are people who say, I'll go, but I want to make sure I'm vaxxed. I want to make sure things are safe. I want to feel better about it. You know, that's a different camp. And then, of course, there's people who maybe had planned to travel and, you know, everybody's lost their job or they've had COVID. And so they're 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 not really able to. But, Chris, what are you hearing from people who had originally booked tours with you for this like spring summer timeline? Yeah, it's it's interesting. And just in general, I think this kind of wait and see approach is the only way to do it. I mean, I've got some, maybe about five or six tours which are postponed into April and, and May and, and Lady Bamps coming on in April. But I just think logistically, it's such a big exercise. And I've always said this, yeah, it's not just about the, uh, the vaccine. It's about airlines. It's about protocols. It's about testing. It's about countries being equipped and ready to accommodate and receive uh, tourists. For example, if you came to Switzerland right now, you couldn't do anything. You know, everything is closed apart from shops, yeah, which I find a bit strange as well. You know, every every single shop's open. It's not just like the grocery shops. And so consequently, the figures are still high. So I think that people are waiting. People are, you know, um, the classic, I hate this phrase, but this classic pent-up demand is there. And people are, you know, desperate to get away desperate to go on holiday of course and people will be on planes as soon as they can travel and they get a degree of confidence that you know things are in order but people have got to really move between now and say may june july for the summer to really take shape and i think there will be a degree of skepticism because of slow downs and slow process processes in Switzerland or France or Germany or Spain or Utah or California, depending on where you are, of course, you know, those logistical people have got to really get a move on. And and that's why it's so difficult right, right now. But as long as you're still there, as we said before, and you're still alive and you're still maybe doing a little bit of marketing, etc., then I think there's a good chance that the, the, the stronger the company in terms of travel and the people who have done that homework and have been active will will survive and pick up customers and the ones who have maybe not been as active will like they have already as linda said you know go away and disappear and and do something else instead so it is a wait and see approach but clearly it's a a mammoth task and you know all the best to those people who are 
involved in delivering those vaccines, etc., which does seem to be quite slow, depending on where you are, of course. Now, I take your point about the USA and people's perception of the USA in Europe, not politically, but medically. It, it might be a case of, as somebody said to me, you know, the vaccine's rolled out. It doesn't mean to say that we'll just allow, allow people into the country. You know, it will take a little bit more time. But I do share... Then there's optimism, and I think this word pragmatic optimism is probably the best way to put it. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, I think, I mean, what can we really do? Ultimately, this is kind of one of those rhetorical exercises of what do you think? How do you feel? <laughs> I mean, really? You know, it's, 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 we don't really know. But in terms of, of the people who are contacting you, and I'll ask you, Linda, first, uh, are they the same? Are you getting new inquiries from new clients? Yes, actually, one of the first trips I booked was a European river cruise for brand new clients, a brother and sister team. And they know that I know their family and it was, shh, don't tell the family. They'll be all over us, you know for booking. It was the end of March of last year. And it, I think that's what created my sense of optimism. People are not going to let go of their love for travel. They just won't. Not during a pandemic, not during a second wave, because I see it. And so they were brand new to me. Uh, I just knew them through the family members. So they weren't direct clients. They had never booked for me before. And that was a shot in the arm for, for confidence because Look, for the first two weeks, you guys remember what this was like, like when we weren't on the phone forever with airlines and, and suppliers. I don't know about you, but I was, I was curled up in the fetal position. It hit hard. And I, I felt I'd never felt that deflated in my whole life. And I'm sure you felt the same way. And so what that did was that I dusted myself off and I created a business plan based on what I saw a trend that was already starting to happen, small groups, two, three, four. So again, that's a change in my business for sure that I think it started prior to the pandemic. We knew that the uptick was coming, but then now small group is where it's at because, well, it needs to be, right? And yeah, so new business is coming and social media played a big part in that as well. I have to give credit where credit's due. Being very careful what I posted there were a lot of people in the beginning that were posting just horrible uh, information out there. And I was just super careful about just staying safe, everybody, keep the dream alive, that kind of thing. And it continues to this day. Travel inspiration is what we do best. I mean, those of us that are still here, we know what works. We've seen 10 months of responses from people. And you might only get two or three likes, but you'll get messenger messages in the background of tell me more about this place. So keeping the dream alive is, is, is hugely important, especially with new business and making new friends, building on your relationships. You know, I think it it's true. And it's always about uh, selling the sizzle, right? <laughs> I mean, when people can't go anywhere, they want to, you know, you want to, you want to imagine yourself on that beautiful beach. You want to imagine yourself on that lovely river cruise, sipping champagne with somebody and, and, and all of that kind of thing. And I was going to say, I think, I think there is something, a very real phenomenon the the travel shaming phenomenon, as you say, and I get also get a lot of you know, direct messages. And sometimes that's where social media to me can be 
like a little bit challenging because people will email you or they'll text you or they'll DM you on Instagram or IM you on Facebook and you're like, wait a second, I'm going to go try to respond to that person. Where, where did they, how did they get to me? You know, so I usually try to say, can you send me an email just so we have, you know, it's really difficult. I mean, one time somebody did try to book a destination wedding over text and I said, I'm not the one for you. I can't do this. But Linda, I wanted to ask you in particular, because you're Canadian and I don't know this. So I think we talked about the fact that I was laboring under the, you know, delusion that people in Canada still all walked into travel agencies. And you said, no, that hasn't been true for a long time. But are you finding people who may potentially like, for example, that brother sister team, would they in the past probably have booked online by themselves and now they're using you or or what do you think about that? Are more people coming to you at, for your expertise because you are a travel advisor? I, I know for a fact that the brother, Bachelor, uh, always booked online. And okay. he'll never, never do it again. Never. Okay, uh, good. Yeah. Uh, but she always had, she had a travel advisor, but chose to come to me. When I asked her why, it was based on my destination specialties. So Good. But I've always been one to, you know, pick a destination and then specialize in it and then sell it. You know what it's like when you go somewhere, Anne-Marie, you know this firsthand, sure. when you go and you're there and you're in Chianti and you're sipping the wine and then you're sharing that story with your prospective client, they can feel your excitement, right? Yeah. And so that's embedded knowledge and they come to us for that. There will never be a sale unless there's trust first. And with trust comes complete knowledge of, well, as best as can be, of the destination that they want. So I would say, to answer the question, I'd say it's it's uh, the new business is kind of down the middle. Okay, there were good. a lot of people booking online before, and others were, they were knowledgeable enough to utilize the expertise of their travel advisor. More people now than ever will definitely be using travel advisors they the people that were stuck and then helped last year the numbers are huge and they're huge fans and they haven't forgotten everything that we've done for them so bricks and mortar came into play up until i'd say about 2012 they're still everywhere in a shopping mall there's a flight center there's you know the equivalent of thomas cook and everything here too but those those were starting to go by the wayside uh, as more agencies became host agencies and agents worked from home and they loved it and they were hugely successful. I'm lucky because I have the bricks and mortar right here in my hometown and it's in a quaint little upscale chic village and I can meet clients that still wanna meet uh, in a bricks and mortar agency. And interestingly, it was millennials who wanted to meet in a bricks and mortar agency, which blew my mind. I was really surprised at that, yeah. But it's part of a status thing too, right, I think? Uh, they want to go see their travel advisor and they're oh. we're going to the Belmont village to book a trip. Yeah. Now, now, Anne-Marie, what, what about you? I mean, your, your business model is a little different because you're doing, you know, curated trips that you escort. So, I mean, obviously your clients have always been using you, but are you finding any inquiries from, from former OTA shoppers who are now reaching out to you? Um, I have, Mostly clients that I've worked with in the past and people that I know. I have a few new people that reached out this year. 
I think it is, like Chris mentioned, the pent-up demand starting to bubble up there. All the people who were like, please take me somewhere. And they've seen my trips to Italy. And um, that's where the one came on that wants to go with me personally, just her and I, for a couple of weeks next uh, in September. That will be wonderful. Looking forward to that if that comes through. That's going to be great. And Chris, I mean, obviously you said in the past that you were mostly working with individuals and now you've kind of gone the other way. You're reaching out more to travel advisors and things like that to, to help you spread the word about your business. I mean, it's a mix, Linda, and I think that's the way it should be. You shouldn't have all your eggs in one basket, of course, right. yeah. And so the whole travel advisor thing is, is like key, clearly. I mean, if I could somehow reach the Travel Advisors Association and somehow spread the word about typically Swiss tours and again there is this US Travel Operators Association it costs about a thousand dollars to join which I've not got right now and again which is a result of no not having any trade and again if you had some trade you'd be able to do that kind of thing and join these associations and probably reach out of course but it's so it's one element of of say about three or four which is classically the OTAs of this world such as TripAdvisor and Via Tour and Get Your Guide and Tours by Locals and Project Expedition they're the ones who you can get your, in my case, my tours on their platform. They obviously do all the distribution and the networking and the marketing. Obviously, you pay about 20, 25% commission, which is one element on another channel. Another channel is classically just simply getting to know all the concierges in the big hotels in this area and slipping them bottles of wine and chocolates, etc. So I'm the man if a guest. Because I think slightly different in this in this sense in terms of, People will book a trip to, say, Europe and maybe do a cruise or, you know, spend two weeks in Germany or France or Italy, etc., and then do an, a tour, a day tour with me, maybe. So it's a kind of like secondary sell to some extent, yeah? So it's those channels, though. It's a mix. It's a mix, of course. But then again, you know, as I said, 95% of my clients are Americans who I particularly like. Again, they're easygoing and friendly and you know very good company um from my experience you can get a direct hold of them through travel advisors like linda and Anne marie and yourself then it's clearly a benefit and a big advantage well chris i uh we're almost out of time here but one of the things that i would say is i'll i'll put in a little plug for asta which is the American Society of Travel Advisors, and it's international. And um, I'm actually the regional director for the Pacific Northwest, So, and the former chapter president of the Portland, Oregon chapter. And I've seen firsthand how different countries and companies have really benefited from their ASTA membership. We do destination expos in different countries. I've been to one in Greece. I went to one in Israel. We were supposed to be in Croatia in December, but that's been postponed to April. So fingers crossed that we get there. But that it, it really is a worthwhile organization. And it's probably the one that provides the most opportunity for education for advisors not just you know fam trips and things like that but you know the the verified travel advisor program where you can get some nuts and bolts training um in terms of you know legal things about your business insurance liability so if when if and when you're you're ready to to take a peek i'd, I'd really recommend asta for you or for everybody really i think it's uh, our our membership has grown by leaps and bounds 
since COVID hit simply because I think it's really, honestly, it's been that circle the wagon mentality with advisors who, you know, typically are working at home alone and kind of reaching out saying, oh my gosh, I don't want to be alone. I want to be, I want to be circled with the tribe. So, so that's something to consider as, as we move forward for you as well. Yeah, sure. I mean, as I say, I think in general, though, there's this kind of like constraint on marketing spend and budget. Oh, of course, of course. I mean? Right. I mean, I mean, I I do a ton of things. And again, like like I'm sure the ladies as well. Yeah, I would reinvest. I wouldn't go and buy a Ferrari if I could. Have, you know, I'd reinvest in the business and, you know, do professional videos and join these associations if I thought they were going to be beneficial and going to, you know, bring me a return on that investment. But I think, you know, clearly the right trade association, if this is one you're talking about, if I had like the cash to spend, I would join tomorrow probably. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I really appreciate the time that you've all given to this. And I, I guess I would say, does anybody have any closing thoughts? And we'll start with Linda, our outgoing gregarious girl. You know what? I hope for our industry and for the sake of, you know, what is it? 10% of, of everybody on this planet who works in the tourism industry that we have some sort of global initiative where IATA or any overseeing body can create a, a constant standard that we can expect everywhere in the world where we travel. And until we, we can develop something like that, I think we're going to be in a little bit of flux. And I'm, I'm hoping that these regulating bodies will get together and make that connection so that we can get back on our feet that much faster. That's my wish. Okay. And then Marie, how about you? Yeah, I'll just uh, piggyback on that and just hope and wish that we are all back to traveling and that we can get everybody out there and living their dreams again and that we're all going to be here waiting for them when the time is ready and the borders open up for us. And Chris? Yeah, no surprise. I mean, Anne-Marie and Linda say it perfectly well. I think it's about confidence, people coming back. And those first ones that go, wherever they go, they come back and say it was cool, it was fine, there was no COVID, there was no masks, everywhere was open, it was friendly, it was safe, etc. And then it'll probably just balloon, hopefully. But it is so much up in the air and fingers crossed, everything comes back to normal in the next three to nine, 12 months latest. Because, uh, you know... People are desperate to make money, do something, and fundamentally go on holiday. Well, I'm going to close with saying, Chris, I have a hot date with you to drink champagne in Switzerland in July. And by golly, I'm going to be there to do it. So uh, thank you all very much. And um, we'll see you soon. Thanks. Ciao, ciao.